so I don't know if I'm the only one watching it, but Twisted Metal isn't a big fucking dumpster fire, and that's a big relief. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's what uh, Hunter was saying when he finished it. Like he said, it was actually pretty good. I mean, it's I haven't had time to check it out yet, but yeah, I definitely right. am interested hearing that it's actually decent. It's in ways I wasn't expecting, but also it's bad in ways that I was totally ready for. Um, the joke per second average is kind of appalling at times, and like seven out of ten of those jokes just fall on their fucking face. Yeah, I mean, it's what do you expect call from that. a yeah? What do you expect from a show about fucking vehicular combat? Like, yeah, yeah, and that's funny because like it's it's almost like the Mortal Kombat 2021 approach where it's like let's do a show or a movie about a tournament where there's no tournament. Um, exactly. No, there's no twisted metal tournament that's being talked about yet, but I'm being told that that is a teaser for season two. Um, what I will credit the mm. show for doing is that if they are using this season as a setup to then launch into a tournament, they're doing it very well because they're basically planting all of these drivers that are deep fucking cuts from like Twisted Metal 3 and 4 all over this little universe so that when they all do show up, you know who these people are. Um, God, twi- and there Twisted are Metal- names that I was not expecting. <laughs> Twisted Metal 3 and 4 were the ones you don't play. Like, that's what I learned. Yeah, they're, they're really bad. Yeah, they're, they're not worth your time. And I think Twisted I Metal mean, 3 was made in six months. Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, yeah, I just, I'm curious if they're going to have Calypso show up, if they do do the uh, tournament. Uh, you see the back of his head. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Arlen, that was Arlen, all I needed to know. I was like, ooh, okay. Arlen, are you familiar with what Calypso or who or what it is? I, I do know like a, the very basic rundown of the lore. Yeah, so, because yeah. I have a little game for us. Uh, oh boy. And that will go hand in hand with who Calypso is. I grabbed a few of the endings from two and three. And basically okay. I'm going to do is I'm going to name the driver. I'm going to name their wish. And I want to see if between the two of you, you can remember or in Arlen's case, guess what kind of ridiculous, absurd Faustian deal Calypso gives them instead. Okay. I like this. <laughs> I'm into this. Um, uh, Eric, you can just introduce Arlen's concept by explaining who Spectre is and what he gets from Calypso. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't really remember much about him other than that ending because it was just goofy as fuck. Um, yeah, I I never cared about the characters' lore. I was just like, yeah, that's a cool. No, there really that... isn't any. But like, when you get yeah. to the endings, you're like, what the fuck is this? Well, yeah, it's the whole thing is that like everybody has this like wish that they you know because mm. Calypso can grant a wish at, if they win the tournament, and it's always the most like monkey paw Twilight Zone bullshit. Right. So uh, Spectre, um, he's an actor, if I remember correctly. Isn't that what it said in his ending? I don't know. It's something. He's he's hmm. basically he's like I want to I want everyone to know my face and Cliff's like of course and grabs his face and starts to pull it out and spread it around and then the ending uh, quickly cuts to the next morning uh, talking about blah blah guy opening his eyes and wait he realizes he's he's thousands of feet above the city and everyone can see his face. And then Calypso shows up at the end ah. and says, "Thank you for playing. Thank you for playing Twisted Metal too." Right. I'm Calypso. And, yeah. And in the modern day, they just put him in the center of Las Vegas. They would just put him in the in the orb, and then yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah exactly. He, he basically turns his face into like the sky. Yeah. 
through through means I can't explain. He just grabs him by the face and stretches him like he's pizza dough. It's very strange. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, he that's works the in type mysterious of... ways. Exactly. He's Jesus. Yeah. The next one is Hammerhead, and these are the two guys that drove like a little monster truck. Uh, Hammerhead wishes for the ability to fly. Anybody guess? Um I actually think I know this one, but go ahead, Arlen. Do you have a guess? <laughs> go ahead, Arlen. Um, uh, I'm guessing they turn him into a, a paper airplane type contraption or a glider. I, don't, I, I don't... really like your answer, though. <laughs> uh, it's, I, I know this one, I'm pretty sure. Like, okay, they... yeah, it's uh, yes. both men get really excited and yep. then jump off a building and fall to their deaths. And then in their pockets, it's revealed that Calypso has granted them two first class tickets for a plane. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for playing. Thank you for It's not even like needful things level. It's just. <laughs> well, I can't. Just... I don't remember those guys being in part two, and part two was the one that had like the most like, oh god, this is dad joke level Faustian bargains. My goodness. Amazing try. Like I think uh, this next one. Um, or he goes out of his way to be a complete motherfucker. Um, yeah. Warthog is a he's like a like a really old war veteran who's got like a zombie body or something. Mm. Uh, his wish is for the body of a 20 year old. Anybody guess what Calypso gives him? The body of an actual dead 12 year old. 20 year old. 20 year old. Sorry. I don't know why I said. Mm. Well, I know exactly why I said 12 year old. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Um. Uh, same guess as Eric. I couldn't think of anything else. Uh, yeah. uh, more or less the same that, yeah, Calypso grants him youth from the neck down and says, maybe you'll get a body to match. Thank you for playing. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. Yeah, it's it's quality, right? I mean, I get it. Like, you don't have a whole lot to work with. And oh, the yeah. game itself is more what it's about than anything that the ending could be, other than whatever the last right. boss is. Um, yeah, and I, if you look true, at it in the context. at the same time, like, some of these are, like, either the first idea someone had or the yeah. absolute very last exhausted idea they had. There's no there's no in the middle ground. Well, they yeah. were they were probably asking coders for some of the things. So like, man, I've been crunching for the past six weeks. I don't know. I don't think they're hiring like professional writers. Like if it's anything no. like the behind the scenes that I've seen for Jurassic Park, it's literally like frat bro dudes and and like college kids who are like, ah fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. I thought about this last. I had all this stuff to do, and I thought about the actual <laughs> jokes later. What does Calypso give this man who has wheels for arms? I'd yes. Fuck. Yeah, I, Actually, is... on that one, I'm going to go right into three, because that's where everything gets really fucking stupid. Oh, well, no. wasn't, wasn't the ending for Axel, though, kind of dark? <laughs> in two, yes. He in he's two, the one who turns into a in... car, right? He turns into he's got no, the, he's, His arms he's... are in the wheels. Yeah, yes. he's the, he's the yes. large black man inside the wheel. Yeah. yeah. In two, he <laughs> wishes to be free from that machine because his father put him in it, and then he breaks himself out and attacks him. Um, and then in black, he wants to find Sweet Tooth because Sweet Tooth killed his wife, and then he murders Sweet Tooth, and he's like, I don't feel any better about any of this, and just drives away. <laughs> Super mm. grim. Yeah. Um, but in Twisted Metal 3, um, we have none of that uh, grim dark stuff, so... 
Uh, he wishes to become one with his vehicle and become a machine. What does Calypso give him? He, he, he turns him into the car, right? He turns him into the... No. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. no what does, he do? does he turn him into, like, a piston inside of his car or something stupid? <laughs> I like that idea, too. Uh, no, Calypso turns him into a clock. Ah, ah, yes, yes, yes. And they mm -hmm. visualize visualize this by showing you that Axel is like his body is in the middle of like an old timey like like hand hand watch, and his arms are the ticking hands, and he just sits there and screams. Um, cool. That's that's. I mean, that's if you look at it from a realistic level, that's some existential dread forever. Right. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I am clock. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Char Char Charlie Brooker took this idea and applied it to the Black Mirror Christmas special. I'm twenty I was... years later. <laughs> I just, what time is it? I can't tell over the screaming. Oh, he's tired. It must be nine. Connor, I know you haven't seen the Black Mirrors, but do you know the Black Mirror Christmas special or anything that happens no. in that Christmas special? Oh my god! That <laughs> it's it's pure distilled Black Mirror. The, the three oh, segments of that. Um, but one of them is a person who is a digital copy of another person who is stuck in like a virtual assistant hub for the rest of their life. Um, oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they just have to exist as somebody's like, you know, turn my sink on, please. Turn my temperature down. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a real, yeah. And they're, and they're given a visualization of a body. Just... Yeah. No, I didn't hear you that time. Oh, no, like you, they also, they're allowed to like have a form inside the assistant. So like they can see themselves, but it's like they're oh, in a prison. God. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather be a floating consciousness that would not have to like look at me like I have limbs. Well, so the, uh, th actually, I mean, it's better to explain the entire thing. Like the first segment has a, uh, uh, what's her face? Tonks. She was also the wildling in the whatever first couple seasons of uh, of Game of Thrones. Um, right. uh, she's a woman who's on the prowl, if I remember correctly. Or at least that's the impression they give you. Um, and it ends up that the guy she picks up is this. Is it the guy she picks up, Arlen, that has the contacts in that have like a bunch of other people watching, or is it that they're watching her last memories? I can't remember what it is. Arlen? We lost Arlen. Excellent. <laughs> Anyways, that sets up the idea of uh, of where John Hamm's character comes in. And then the interstitials between each of the bigger things is John Hamm talking to this guy in a cabin about, you know, their past together and blah, blah. And uh, the second one is the one that Arlen was telling you about. So the, the stinger with the John Hamm thing is that it's this the dude he's been talking to is guilty of murdering his daughter i believe it was and he's been placed inside one of these virtual assistant things that they've now started using as prisons oh, because God. They, they put his mind in there so they can set it for what'll seem like whatever amount of years but it's actually only like an hour real time so then the final final horrible stinger is they pull John Hamm out and they're like, all right, that was your community service because he was the guy who was involved in the illegal watching of people dying while either having sex or whatever oh, from the very beginning. Okay. And 
what they say then is like, since you did this, now what's going to happen is you're going to be grayed out from people. And he has to live the rest of his existence not being able to see the features of people because of the severity of his crime. And even though he did parole or whatever, his community service, he still has to exist in this horrible dystopian nightmare where he can't see people. They're just forms and muttering just sound. Play. <laughs> am, I, yeah. am I back? Am yeah, I back? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, uh, one thing, it's not all people, Eric. It's people who have blocked him. Oh, yeah. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the internet. It's that's it's it. that's gnarly. I love that. Actually, yeah. in some ways, that's kind of a benefit. Yeah, it's it's. Oh, no, wait, oh wait, people blocked you, not you blocked them. Oh, never mind. Yes. Well, no, it, and and it, it's like this weird void version of people, like in VHS two with like the serial killer or whatever. It's like oh, oh okay. Yeah, pushed out. Yeah, I mean, in a mm -hmm. lot of ways, like that Christmas special should have given everyone a hint on what the season following it was going to be like. But yeah, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to get some fucking mean black mirror in like that's approachable, watch that episode. Yeah. Like that's, mm. it's fucking great. It gives you a taste of like just how cruel it can be. Mm -hmm. It sounds like an absolute hell. Speaking of hell, um, <laughs> the next driver is a uh, minion and minions, a demon or something, depending on what game you're playing. Um, no, he's a he's a yellow guy who likes bananas. Mm. Uh, you know, it, that took me a second because I don't <laughs> ever have to stop and think about all those things. I saw the cutest meme, or is it a meme? I don't know. I'm not sure. A meme? But it, but it had a uh -huh. minion in it. Let me just post 3,000 of them to your Facebook page. Why won't you my accept goodness. my friend? Anyways, sorry, sorry. Minion asks Calypso to spend the rest of eternity in hell. What does Calypso give him? Uh, isn't there like a hell Iowa or something oh, like that? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I thought I thought there that was, like, was exactly what I'm doing. So it's exactly what I'm doing. I could have sworn just, there I'll was like a town called off. hell. He sends him to hell, Michigan, and he's like. Bruh. That's hell, Michigan. Yep, I knew it. I knew there was a place called Hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, he can. This yeah, one is one of my favorite. Barbarian lady. He can do that. Yes, this one's one of my favorites because they don't even attempt to uh, give you anything resembling an ending. Uh, this is the one where I think they just quit. Uh, Mr. Grimm, uh, his wish is to collect Calypso's soul because he's some kind of you know he's a, he's some kind of you know dead embodiment thing. Uh, what does Calypso do in response? Um, he gives him an Al Green record. I don't. <laughs> no, because that would be <laughs> that would be something. This is nothing. <laughs> um, I'm I, I have no clue. I have no idea. Uh, well, that well, Calypso turns into a giant and steps on him. The end. Oh Christ! Uh, I'll, oh, okay. 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 Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's, uh, that's enough of that. Fuck that's, you, whatever. I'm foolery. Jesus Christ. I hate Christ. this so much. I hate uh, this. I hope by the by the time they did that reboot that at least they hired, like, a joke guy, like a, a Mike Burbigula, to come in and be like, well, this isn't funny. Punch it up. Yeah. This isn't a joke. This is you bailing on a joke. Right. Um, Warthog yes, comes and. back. Yes, <laughs> and... 
Um, Warthog comes back and wishes for a head to match his 20-year-old body. What does Calypso give him? A head that looks like his 20-year-old body? No. Um, uh, like a, a mannequin head or something like that? Like no, a, but that's a, also a very good answer. Um, no. Another one where they just kind of bailed? No, Calypso just turns him into a head in a jar. I'm not sure how that even comes close to what he asked for. <laughs> I guess, if it's like a pickle jar, I guess. But yeah, even then, that like doesn't. Like a pickled head, like it's it's like Futurama, which I can't wait exactly for that to get canceled like. again. Um, um, because it's gonna happen. Fight me. Um, oh, of course it will. It's it's that happen. Futurama's existence, it, it returns, it gets canceled. Um, <laughs> this is the last one. Um, this is Thumper, and Thumper wishes to forever hang with his homies. What does Calypso give him? Um. Well, there's a way it could go that I don't want it to go because it would uh, yeah. be really bad. Yeah, um, I mean, and that's I was going to say, like, if this was 1932 America, there might yes. be a very different answer <laughs> that one could give. Interested metal. <laughs> We're canceled forever. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I have I have no idea. I've no, does he turn them into like flags? Like I don't know. Well, you were you were almost there. Um, Calypso Insects? turns him into Calypso turns him into fuzzy dice, uh, and he is shown hanging from someone's <laughs> rearview mirror. All right. With a bunch of his okay. friends who are also drivers in the game. Wow. So so somebody so he can cause somebody to get pulled over in certain American states. <laughs> Scream! Help me. Yeah, exactly. And then the police will fill the dice full of holes too. Yes. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> They'll wow. just Sorry, unload. The dice is coming right at me. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it had a gun. Mm. It has a gun. I mean, it's talking, it's screaming. I, I did it a favor. Which, okay. Speaking of, um, that reminded me. I just recently finished uh, the newest uh, uh, David Wong book. The ones written by Jason Perigen, the guy who did uh, yeah. John Dies at the End and all that. Just if you have mm-hmm. any context on those, Connor. I know about John Dies at the End, but I don't know much about it. Okay, you should mm. you should check out the movie. You might actually like it. It was directed by Don yeah. Car- uh, Lair- uh, <laughs> Coscarelli. Thank you. Yeah, director of Phantasm. He directed it. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's pretty I, good. I, oh, I know a cracked guy uh, was also involved. In, <clears throat> yeah, like, he's. No, that's him. Yeah. Yeah, David yeah. Wong. He went by yeah. David Wong for his articles, and yeah. that's. That was the conceit for the story is that, you know, he he was giving a fake name because he didn't want anybody to know where he was. But uh, anyways, in the uh, newest book near the end, I don't know if you guys care or not. um, There's this giant demonic bird thing that is summoned after all these ridiculous rituals of pulling off people's tongues and eyeballs and skin and whatnot. And there's a bunch of cops there that are that didn't know it was happening. Uh, And the first thing the bird does is grab a cop's gun and start firing at people. (laughs) They're talking about this gigantic monstrosity that like dwarfs the area that they're standing in and it grabs with its gigantic claws the cop's gun and John yells out, it's got a gun! (laughs) It was the best thing I've read in a long time. Yeah, that reminds me of something yeah. from a movie we watched for a movie dumpster called The Rune Stone, which is about a werewolf. Um, it's a, like a some old uh, like Celtic broomstone summons a werewolf, blah, blah. But at some point, mm-hmm. um, 
these two cops stumble upon the werewolf, and one goes to investigate, and he's obviously killed off screen. But then when the second cop goes to investigate, uh, he stumbles upon the werewolf wearing the previous cop's uniform, as if that's somehow supposed to <laughs> conceal him. Well, and after that's the direct... It's just this visual of, like, a giant hairy fucking were-cop just standing there in the shadow. Well, wasn't there wasn't there a movie called Wolf Cop, if I remember correctly? There correct? was. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm guessing mm-hmm. the director of that probably watched the movie that you were just talking about after he got done masturbating, got, oh, got to writing. Funny. I wonder yeah. if you can make yeah. two yeah. hours of that. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I want to have his dick explode as he's turning into a wolf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you that hasn't wolf stuck cop? with me. Yeah, I've seen Wolf Cop. <laughs> That's one of the things that happens when he first turns into a werewolf. His penis explodes because we needed that. We needed okay. that, guys. Society me, like that. they're like, oh, you know, you and your, you know, between this show and movie dempster, people have said like, Don't you watch Velocipaster? I'm like, no. On on I'm the I'm not uh, watching on... Velocipaster. I'm not watching Sharknado. I'm not watching any of those. On the note of uh, extreme penis damage, I think I'm kind of immune to it at this point because I've mm. seen our RoboCop movie segment, whatever it is, multiple times. Are you both aware of what that is? Yeah. These were like, yeah, these were I, like, like, I, I, yeah. like 100 people shoot that guy in the dick. Yeah. No, well, it's, uh, yeah more RoboCop people show up. Hundreds of guys in the dick. Yeah. And there's. Yeah. Multiple shots of penises just being obliterated by bullets going That's through. Right, yes. Yeah. See, I it's... found that funny. The problem with the the problem with the Wolf Cop movie is like they make it they make it happen slowly. It's like the American Werewolf in London transformation, but for penis. Um, oh, oh no! Why and I didn't like do it. that. <laughs> it it's well. So I think that this is the first signs of whatever's going on in Central Canada right now. That has produced the Skinamarinks and uh, the. Uh, um, we're all going to the uh, Psycho Gormans. Yes, yes, World's yeah. Fair. Um, like these, like Central Canadian people who are like, oh, what about this really fucked up idea? Sure, why not? And then they just all like do it. They're just all like coming together to make like this holy weird shit that nobody else is really doing right now. Um, and it's I'm all very really... like. Huh? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I I was gonna say, and it's all like very like eighties inspired, and some of it's good, some of it's not. You know, I like Psycho Goreman. I hated um, the the World's that Fair. director's previous movie. Uh, oh. I liked I, I, World's Fair was fine. The one where um, it's like a, it's like purposefully like a carpenter riff. Uh, the movie where it's like there's like a cult outside of a cop station, and at the end it's all very Lovecraft. Oh, the Void. Um, the void. Oh, yes, the void. the void. I hated the Void. I like the really? effects and all that. I just I, didn't. No, I, I, have, just... I have the same feeling. The Void, where like the Void is really fucking cool to look at, and you're like, man, somewhere beneath all this nonsense, there was some cool shit in there. But like, it just by the end, it's like, yeah. look, it's just we're just doing Hellraiser too. Um, yeah, I was. I, yeah. Maybe yeah. for me with the void, I guess it's just that the imagery is so fucking on point it's and it fucking, has it's fucking a, rad. It, all of it. Everything I looked at was like <clears throat> on the money. Mm-hmm. Well that yeah. and it it has that like I best described for me at least cheap threatening menace of Carpenter. 
yep. even though it doesn't have the heart of Carpenter in it. But That's like, the thing. There's, it's got that threat there, and it just keeps you entertained visually so much that you forget that it doesn't have a story. So yeah, I can understand why you. Yeah, like you're you're like you're like what's going on, and then something slimy happens. You're like, right. yeah. mm-hmm. like, yeah. Car- like the thing that's lost in Carpenter's like he's a brilliant writer. Yeah, <laughs> him and his writing partner, whose name I'm sadly forgetting, um, Deborah, I want to say, um, Deborah Messer, something I can't remember. Deborah Wayman, I can't remember her name, and I'm really Deborah. mad about it that I can't remember her name. She's almost um, No, no. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but yeah, like so, like. Th- yeah, that's the best I put it. Like, there's no real soul in that movie, but like, clearly the people there they were devoted to like recreating Carpenter level special effects and their favorite moments. Like, there's a moment in the void that is like, oh, that's just that's the moment from um, Precinct Thirteen. It's done very well. It's a very good recreation of like the when the guy gets in the car and there's a guy in the back. Um, but like, they do like this like gruesome like kill to that guy it's pretty sweet um i didn't even think about the fact that basically the void like the overarching quote-unquote story is just prince of darkness told poorly yeah it's it's again like if prince of darkness is a greatest hits album this is a cover of a greatest hits album um (laughs) (laughs) which is like fine if that's what you want i suppose I mean, and I'll, I'll admit there have been people who have done that recently and it's worked out well for them and people have liked it and they've gotten critical, um, critically good reception, I guess, in the music world. But I don't know. It's just different to me. Uh, no, I get it. Um, actually, I wanted to touch back on uh, We're All Going to the World's Fair. Connor, have you seen that? I've probably heard the name. I don't know anything else about it. I... I you might get something out of it. I got absolutely nothing out of that film. Nothing. Like, I do not understand why people enjoy that movie. Did we lose Arlen again? No, oh, I, am I Am I gone? Oh. <laughs> You're game. I, I didn't. If you were responding, I didn't hear anything from you. I might have been out of the mics because uh, I move uh, around a little bit. Um, we'll stop. No, um, I'm trying. It's, it's hard. I, I am standing. It's important to remember. So, um, no, I, I think it's just the vibes of that movie. I think that that's what it is for a lot of people. And I think it is the kind of like generational thing uh, that people are experiencing when they're showing um, parents um, everything or everything, everything, everything all at once. All once. Yes. Um, I get that title wrong all the time. Um, of like, it just. I don't think it plays to certain audiences that didn't spend like a lot of time feeling very lonely um, on the internet while having instant access to everybody on earth. Um, well, seemingly. That's why kids need um, to go outside and fucking touch. Grass. I mean, yes, touch grass. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big that's proponent gonna, of that. I'm going to shoot their Xbox with my 357. Um, but I, Eric, I, I I'm kind of like in the middle on, world's fair i was i i think that, that performer um uh, who's the main focus of the movie is very good very talented um and there's a degree of of like feeling like you are in somebody's soul during moments 
that I found deeply uncomfortable. And if that's the point of the movie or one of the points of the movie, it did that well. Um, uh, but I did find myself like, okay, well, aside from the basic themes of like loneliness on the internet, is there, I I found myself having a hard time figuring out what the point is. I had to yeah. be on my other show with Eric Sayor and having him like say all these very smart, insightful things for me. Like, Oh, that is what that movie was about. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't want to hear it. You know. He's Canadian. You know, it sounds like well, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's. Are you familiar with with the thematically? Of the movie is? Uh, no, uh, okay. thematically, it sounds like Pulse because Pulse is very much about like isolation, uh, being lonely despite being mm-hmm. connected, and uh, depression. This is yeah, this is yeah. more of a one, it's not as... one thing though. Like, because yeah. it's one, it's one actress through what the whole movie. I don't remember there yeah. being anybody else in it. Yeah, it, it's, it's there's it's one other guy. There's the one. Okay. There's the one older yeah, guy yeah, who they yeah, like yeah. make friends. I forgot with. about. But yeah, um, it's it's mostly told through yeah. the lens of a of a, a camera on a uh, on a computer, a yeah, a laptop screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like on a phone or something. And it's it's mostly just this kid like going through it and like psyching themselves out, you know, like going on like Reddit boards and like reading about like you know you know, boogeymen or weird creepypasta stuff and like causing themselves to like really believe it. And, and yeah, and the, one, the, thing, the thing is that she's, she's supposed to be, uh, what is it saying? I'm going to the world's fair, like three or four times yeah. after watching a video and then weird yeah. things are supposed to start happening to you. Right. And, it's, and then the, it's, and then in yeah. the end, she's like, no, I was faking it the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, and and the other guy who's like on the internet corresponding is like asking if it was real and like and like it, it gets to some very personal moments. There's some like you know suggestions of of a uh, of a uh, uh, suicidal ideation um, and things like that. Um, yeah, um, it's a it's an intense movie. Um, that I was a, uh, I was not overly thrilled with, but I I think it's worth watching, um, uh, certainly. Um, I but I watched that the same night that I watched um, uh, what was that movie called? Dashcam and Dashcam's like a real piece of shit. Um, sadly. Oh, um, is that a is that the one with uh what what's his fucking face? Um, from uh from Stranger Things. No, that's Bree. Okay. No, it's yeah, okay. spree. Dashcam okay. is it's the follow up to Host, the direct follow up to Host, um, and it's it's that director, and the subject of the movie is a punk. I think she's a singer named Annie Harding. I want to say or Annie Hardy, um, who in real life does or she did a like Periscope live live stream show where she would drive around um and like do uh and like make jokes make fun of the chat um and like do uh off the cup rap um she's a very like singular personality um and she also like has you know not 
mainstream opinions sometimes in real okay, life. Okay, no, I I uh, remember this. Yeah. Yes. She's yeah, she's she's a troll like where she's yeah. trying to do the ambiguous thing like what's his fucking face that uh that um god damn it. I I, I, I the mm. guy who put on the uh the Never mind. I I can't remember. I'm worthless tonight. Go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. continue. No, Sorry. but um, <laughs> I know. But she's very much like she's trying to be punk in that like, uh, well, everything's punk, right? If I do it this way, if I'm doing it to be against, you know, that that type of thing. The the wrong use of that. Uh, she's of that being term. contrarian. Yes, yes, contrarian is a good word for it. Um, but in the movie, she's like, I'm playing it up that I'm like a Trump supporter. It's supposed to take place during the pandemic. Somehow she gets uh, on a plane ride to London um, uh, and she like visits her friend over in London who's like very liberal and very, um, you know, upper class kind of. Uh, and she steals his car and she goes around doing her real life Periscope show in the movie, doing the raps, you know, picking people up. She goes to this like Jamaican restaurant and uh, is asked to escort somebody to a house and things start happening. Weird, spooky shit. The person that she picks up her like age changes very suddenly. She turns into like an old woman um, and starts like shitting herself. Um, She like uh tries to assault her and all kinds of stuff there's a car crash and it just like follows there it's very like moment to moment weird stuff happening you know people like floating there's like a cult or whatever in the background like all these all these really interesting ideas but none of it's put together in like a compelling or interesting way and the Annie Hardy character is never um relatable or a character that you want to follow for I mean, a significant point of time. Like, that sounds like a fucking alien to me. Like none of that yeah. shit <laughs> relates to I, me in any which way. That's the most the niche names, entertainment I've ever heard of. The names that I was trying to remember came back to me. It was a, it was a guy that iDubs interviewed. His name was Sam something. Um, oh, 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 yeah. You know who Sam I'm talking Hyde. about? That's it. Yeah, that's who this woman in in dash cam reminds me of someone like him where you someone who i can only take very small doses of and you don't Mm -hmm. know if they actually believe the salacious shit they're saying right so yeah that's 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 who i was trying to zero in on but yeah that's exactly who she's like in this movie no Mm -hmm. i remember aspects of dash cam i kind of liked i can't remember what the big twist was like i i I think I, I honestly I don't remember what happens at the end. I think the character or no wait, I think there's an implication that like the cult are connected to aliens in some way. Like there's yeah, I think so. At the end it's revealed that they're like part of some like interdimensional stuff. Like there's cool ideas in this movie. There are absolutely interesting things in here. It's just that I think and the directors and the writers said this, like, well, you should still be able to, like, relate to a person that you disagree with. You know, uh, you, you know, that that shouldn't be a thing. I was like, yeah, but you didn't do the work to make me relate to this person. You were just like, well, no, you're going to relate to her if we just show you long enough, if we give you time to acclimate. How I don't weird think she is not helping. Yeah, 
I don't think that they did. I don't think they put in the amount of effort that is needed because I absolutely don't disagree with the idea of rooting or like even being on the side of characters who I disagree with, but you have to do things with that character that are interesting. Um, You have to put them through a moral ringer and the Annie Hardy character, she does not change at all. Over the no, course she's terrible. of the film. She's, <laughs> she's exactly the, the same. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. and that's that's exactly why it doesn't work because you you don't have any type of sympathy or even any type it's of a slight film. Like at some point you might just check out. You're like, I don't give a shit. Like, who cares? Yep. She sucks, they suck. Like Yeah. Part of it part of it is also like you're waiting for her to die a gnarly death. And she yes. doesn't. And that's what's so uns- unsatisfying about the movie. Yep. It's just like, yeah. okay. This was a this was a waste of time, and I actually yeah. rented that one. Also, that's the other thing. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I watched that on Shutter. I, I was yeah. not happy, but I mean, the good news is that that director's next movie was Boogeyman, and Boogeyman's pretty sweet. It's pretty good. Yeah, I still need to um, see that. Um, because I'm never going to get this chance to talk about a the yeah. this movie experience ever again. A couple weeks ago, I watched a movie who uh, whose previous installment is a movie that I really love. And then I watched mm. this big theatrical follow-up, and that movie was Ultraviolet. And holy fuck, <sighs> this movie has been living in my head since <laughs> I rewatched it. What? Wait, you rewatched it? Why? Why? Well, I hadn't. No, no, I hadn't watched. No, no, no. I only watched it once recently, but I hadn't seen it since I saw it in theaters, like you know, ages ago. Because I went in there on mm. Facebook Equilibrium hype, um, and then sat down this time and watched it. And like, what? How the fuck? Did that guy ever get work again in any because... level after that movie? Holy shit. Because I think Children of the Corn was supposed to be his get out of jail movie and it didn't work. So I, back I he goes. Ultraviolet yeah. is abominable yeah. and it's just got yeah. like it's a it's weird idea bukkake that just never slows down. Um it's mm. edited by a by a maniac it's full of the weirdest most just lots of random shit happens and i don't know why um yeah it also has a very bizarre opening where it's in, it's almost implying it's based off a comic book it's, it's flashing all these like hand-drawn comic covers at you there's no comic mm-hmm. it doesn't exist yeah of course yeah. it doesn't because it's a bad know movie why the movie does that um, because it's a bad it's a, movie. Yeah. It's a it's, it's an exceptionally bad movie, and I can't believe he got to make like a total recall remake after that movie. Um, well, it's it's, it's full of yeah. one cardinal sin oh. the next, and it looks like dog shit. Wait, it's the nature of being a writer recall? in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. yeah he had, like, it's, a it's, string of movies after that, like that are yeah. semi-recognizable to yeah. Len Wiseman, director of um. Underworld One Two, I want to say, directed the Total Recall remake. Um, uh, yes, and but Kurt Wimmer, he he's he's been a. We talked about this back when we realized he did Children of the Corn, uh, you know, privately. That he's been a writer forever. He's he's one of those like constant guys that you bring in to like polish up a script. I don't think he's ever polished anything, though. I think he just does what studio heads tell him to do, and it results in bad movies. Um, and then occasionally he gets his one for me movie, and that movie becomes uh-huh. utter shit. I, I mean, if I had to 
if I had to assume that's what's going on or what's going on behind the scenes. It's, it's, it's funny because he's doing, he does a lot of stuff, but he does in equilibrium, but now he has all this money to throw around and he ruins every single idea that he tries to repeat. Well, I, I wonder now if maybe he's the guy they call on when they want a movie to tank so they can get some insurance money. Children of the Corn. <laughs> he, hey, he's, yeah, I, like, maybe yeah. he's like a tax hitman for them. <laughs> you know kill this project for us yeah. you know eric that might be the case um although i with total recall i think that they really thought that they had something there i i, I feel like they were like this will work right um and if it doesn't work well then we'll get the insurance money but like colin farrell we've been trying to make that happen for years um <laughs> and and newsflash they didn't um yeah, it's just, it's very strange to me that, like, I understand how a Kurtzman, right, continues to work, because uh, that guy. Gone. There he goes again. <laughs> it's funny, because yeah. sometimes I don't know if he's just, like, pausing, or if he's internet connected, or if he's just gone. Um, yeah. I was going to respond with, Kurtzman seems to just fail upwards. Um, in that he, know, he writes real garbage, but all of his garbage makes money. I, but that's the thing. Kurtzman was also involved with Fringe, which was like one of the best fucking sci-fi like lore shows that existed on Fox. I don't like. I did you ever watch that entire series, Connor? Uh no, I've only ever seen like the first few episodes. Oh, dude! Like, yeah, I everyone think tells would... me tells me about Fringe tells me I would love it, and I I don't have a reason to doubt it. You would back. you would eat up yeah you're back you would eat okay. up every second of Fringe if you if you yes. actually sat down and watched all of it like it's it's kind of got like that feeling that uh ah uh, fuck fuck the remedy game the the fucking, oh uh, um, control, ooh, control yes, yes. Yeah, it ooh, feels very yeah. similar to those yes. yeah it's I think we've talked about of... this before um if you want to like sample something just watch the Peter Weller episode. It's so good. Okay. It's just look up Fringe, Peter Weller. It's like I, for me, the thing that it did so well was that you can be watching an episode that you'll be like, oh, this is just like a one off episode because that's what you would get. You'd get like a one off episode, a lore episode, a one off, a lore. And then there would be times that you'd just be watching the one off episode and like at the very end, it'd be like, oh, this was all a deep lore episode the whole time. And then you'd get like three in a row where it would like progress the story so quickly and then they wouldn't give you anything for a while, but you wouldn't care yeah. because the show is so goddamn good. Yeah. And they would, yeah. they, they, they stuck pretty close. <laughs> that time I was sure it was for dramatic effect. <laughs> oh sure. My God. Oh my, oh my god, god. we're the most professional podcast. We are. We really are. Um What was I saying? I don't know. Really close to yeah. Oh, um Oh, sorry. Um no, I was saying scientific realism. Um not science, but it does in the beginning when it was coming out like, oh yeah, the science is accurate. Yeah. It's it's yes. Yes. Like it's or it, plausible plausible is the word i would yeah. use but like they thought about it is the thing they 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 took a second and they were like well how would this work 
and you know in real in reality they didn't they didn't just make shit up um and i, I, I think it helped the I, show sorry to interrupt i and i don't want this to turn into a spiral it just the first thing i could think of when you said like scientific realism was like oh like that episode of i can't remember if it was flash or supergirl where they were operating I, on that one dude, dude where they I just wanted to do this i wanted to be like oh like the flash <laughs> wait yeah. no no guys it was the crossover where they had to take out supergirl's heart remember they had to take out her heart and put it in the other supergirl's heart yeah, um, this was it was that I could have sworn they were like they were pulling something out of someone that they were impaled on. And it was like, A, you don't oh. do that. And B, you don't fucking like just flood a room with the gas. It will knock everyone out, not just that person. So they did this many times where they were. And yeah. it, wow. I mean, I'll give yeah. them this comic books in the past. Once again, um, but those comic uh, books were made explicitly for like younger children a lot of the time, um, a, a lot of the time, uh, and uh, Flash for the most part was meant to be all ages. Uh, so I don't, hmm, weird. Um, God, remember the CW guys? Remember those times? <laughs> no, I don't I, want I, to. You know, I, I everyone's like every once in a while the idea that we covered so much of it will float into my head, and I'm like. I just kind of gaze off into infinity for a second. I tell myself, like, don't ever do court appointed TV viewing ever again. Like, don't, oh. don't ever, don't, uh, we're covering it because we said we we're going to cover it. And by God, mm. we're going to so stick sad. to our laurels. Made me so sad. Uh, speaking of shows that, shows that everyone should be watching, uh, my wife and I have been catching up on Reservation Dogs. Mm. And I haven't, I I've only that. watched one episode and I was very impressed. The mm. first season is great. It sets everybody up. You get an idea of what they're doing. The second season has so many little supernatural twists in it. It's fucking amazing. Oh. And there's an I was episode... in when he gets the first visit from what's his face. Um, oh, yeah. The, his spirit guide. His, his obnoxious spirit. Guide. <laughs> yeah, that dude. That dude shows up a lot more in the season and he's he's even better. Even better. There's a point where he's talking to him through the wall of a porta potty while he takes a dump. <laughs> it's amazing. That's, okay, that might that might need to be my next binge. I'm currently yeah. working my way through Winning Time right now, but um, uh, but because the, that's the also one, started back. The one episode that uh, has been living rent free in my head. Um, it's after uh, a member of a character's family dies, and they're in uh they're visiting the house that this their the dead person lived in and they're going back to their bedroom and when they get back there they before they open the door they hear the sound of like some of the tribal elders and the medicine man who were there that were singing over their body and room is pitch black and they turn on the light and it ends and it's just it i don't I know that sounds so basic and so like, and then the mm. creepy monster came out, but the person who did this did it in such a good way, like in such a mm. phenomenal way. Like I want to see more of this director doing a horror film even, or something mm. like a 45 minute fucking episode of just a horror show. Like it's, I think there's going to be a lot of talent coming from the show that people might not realize. Mm. So all of you need to catch up because it's quite good. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I have to. I, said, I have to finish Twisted Metal. I'm not done with it. Um, but uh, I did. I watched um, Talk to Me. Talk to Me. I don't want to say too much about Talk to Me because I think even describing, yeah, like yeah, the broad strokes kind of ruins the experience. Um, yeah, Talk to Me fucking rules. It does. Um, That's what I've heard. I. It also has. I mean, it just has one of the most vicious sequences of violence I've seen in a minute. That yep. Really fucked with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's um, some stuff in there. Um, right. Yeah, it's it's got a it's got a, a five minute mean streak where you're like, oh, stop, stop. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, and also features yeah. one of the most horrifying implications of possession that I think I've ever seen. Um, but yeah. it's just it's it's right. also um, it's I think and the 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 directors uh, Danny and Mike talked about how like they use the hand as a means to represent like every vice that kids of when they were teenagers had um and it represents everything mm-hmm. like drugs alcohol peer pressure all this stuff and the way they handle that and like the social uh, media aspect is uh, awesome i don't want to hear anymore i'm not, I'm not <laughs> describing plot elements i'm just describing themes I, no, uh, yeah. eric trust me trust me the, the, the way that they do it though ah, so good anyways um i mean since we're since we're talking about horrors um there's been a lot of good stuff in theaters. I got us got to see that Demeter movie, um, despite them putting it in the theater that's all the way in the back. Um, okay, uh, to... real quick on that note, like I kept seeing ads for that movie that made it look mm-hmm. like it was going to go right to Redbox, because um, it was just I, yeah. this like really bad poster of just like a, a, a like like stock Dracula one, like just this like. This gargle ass looking uh, Dracula, yeah. like in the rain, and like the te- something about it made it look super cheap. And then I watched the I'm trailer. Im- I'm like, oh, this yeah. is legit. I'm not impressed with any of the posters or really much of the marketing on this movie. Um, again, something we were talking about privately. The use of smashing pumpkins in the trailer is like, come on, guys, what are we doing here? What what what, what, what song? What song do they use? They use, they use they use the song uh, Rat in the Cage. Um, I don't know if that's the official Oh my god. <laughs> oh. They, they did. They, that yeah. made my, it made my teeth itch with how uncomfortable oh. and annoyed I am. Because, <laughs> yeah. My god, I mean, that's the most I'm going to go home and play Tony Hawk Pro Skater after we watch this movie. Like, holy fuck. Just, oh like, my god. I was so happy, what, but his, it's not in the actual movie, which is good. But I was like, the movie is actually all like very appropriate Victorian, like, um, you know, like choral music and like, you know, like, uh, uh, what's that called? When it's a bunch of people singing together. Um, oh, it's just choir. a choir. I just said it. Um, fucker. A bunch of people singing together. <laughs> um, brain. Uh. Well, I've, 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 the reviews I've read, some people have uh, mentioned Alien in yeah. the same breath. So it, it has that yeah. feeling to it. Okay. It's a fair okay. comparison, like, in terms of, like, plot, I guess, mm-hmm. and, like, like, the format of the movie. I don't think it quite gets to the heights of an alien but uh, it's well it's well done it's it's a good monster movie um okay it's a very well done monster movie um and it even manages to like 
sneak in some of the things that I prefer in a Dracula. Like I, I go more for like the psychological aspects of that. And like the whole, he can force you to do things against your will thing. <laughs> It's like the void keeps taking him. I know, I know. And it's it's disturbing that Arlen enjoys the people being forced against their will. I'm concerned. I'm concerned yeah. about what he enjoys. That's, that's, the, um, that, that, that's the part that's terrifying, is the... Uh, <laughs> it, it, is the... The void keeps taking you? <laughs> yes. Um, the void keeps taking me, yes. And dracula causing you to like i we i've told you guys about the dracula show and the episode where the guy is like he's not even a servant of dracula right he's just a dude who's also on the ship this is the show by the way that just to be clear um he's just a guy on the ship and they all know dracula is there they're all aware that there's a monster and he's with a group of people and they're looking for something and he just turns on everybody because he thinks that if he does it, Dracula will like give him brownie points. Like Dracula's presence causes this guy to kill a bunch of other people on the ship just because he thinks he can get in good with Dracula. Because he's like, Dracula will make me one of his, one of his servants. He'll he's, elevate he's, me. He's emanating evil that will like twist anybody who has the potential yeah. to do it to his will. And that's, that's something that uh, actually in scott snyder's american vampire like there's a background story with dracula and they have to keep him under specific like lock and key or his evil can emanate out and take control of people interesting yeah that's that's the thing in that where it's like he's like he's like controlling people from like i think from like around the world like from far away he's like influencing people like yeah yeah that's that's my favorite version of dracula's Stuff where they they play with that, um, uh, they play with that in Penny Dreadful as well. This movie doesn't quite go to that extent, but it has some of that in there. It is a lot of like Dracula as the Bat Monster, um, which I, I appreciate that he's never human Dracula. In this, they were like, let's go full stop the other way as far as we can. Like, there's. It's not really a spoiler. I don't know, who's, who's he got to impress? It, just... at, at one point, he is ghoul, ghouly Dracula with the wings while wearing like a fancy person outfit. Like that's oh, how far yes. they go. That's where awesome. it's like even even when it's like he's on he's in England, oh, he's still like no, I, I will not take the no, human I'm a form. Fucking monster. <laughs> And I'm like, you know what? Fuck yeah, movie. <laughs> when earlier when you said he doesn't ever take human form, I don't know why, but the first thing that flashed in my mind was the uh Francis Ford Coppola Dracula when when Vlad is stabbing the cross and it starts bleeding, so his first idea is, yeah, I'll drink that blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the movie feels like a fever dream half the time, and I always I, every time Gary Oldman shows up with that fucking hairpiece, I just fucking die. I, I declare war on God. <laughs> it's so fun. I love it. Um, I watched Insidious Five, and I think that is a very, very good ending to a little horror series. It is. They should not make any more of them. No, they <laughs> really shouldn't. Um, it quite literally closes the door on the whole thing. 
Um, also, Patrick Wilson is awesome, and I think we have not appreciated him fully the entire no, time. No, we have not. Him. No, we yeah. have not. Um, he fucking uh, rules. Um, he directed this. Yeah. this. He stars in it, and he helped sing the credits song. Of course. Yeah, is. that was a real surprise. I was like, real damn. surprise. <laughs> Patrick got pipes. I feel like, I feel like he's in a place like mentally and with his career where he's comfortable enough that he doesn't have to worry about work. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to kind of do all these things I want to do now. Like he's no, got. No, his... I also think like he's super lucky in the fact that like when he gets picked for something, it's like he always stands out. Like, who would have thought that he would have killed Aquaman as hard as he did? <laughs> um, I mean, when I saw him in a uh, fucking family opera, God knows how long ago, if you had asked me if he would become the, the leading man in two different horror franchises that would run concurrently, um, I would have thought you were nuts. Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't know, just like everything I see him in, though, like you said, Connor, like, I'm always like, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed him in that. Like, he's yeah. definitely a standout in Watchmen. Like he's yeah. oh he's so fucking good in Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's fucking phenomenal in uh, Little Children, the movie where he's banging out with uh, uh what's her face from Titanic. God damn it! With... Thank you. Yeah, yeah. He and Kate Winslet Winslet bang out a whole lot in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what else? There was something else he was in recently that I I thought was really good. I think it was a mini series of some sort. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's. I mean, he does a lot of stuff. He works pretty consistently um what was it oh i'm thinking fargo well okay yeah that was a while ago now but yeah still. it was yeah I, i'm old please please he's, no, like, um, he's like eric, he's like eric it's okay <laughs> he's what did you say Connor? i said he's he reminds me of like aaron eckhart where like aaron eckhart for some <laughs> reason isn't a massive star would, in dark knight i don't know why i would almost um, say he took he this is a this is a statement that i've or this is a, a term that is used on a podcast I listen to a lot. Uh, he market corrected Aaron Eckhart. Um, he he really just took Aaron's spot, I would say, because Aaron kind of disappears after The Dark Knight, I feel like. Um, well, I the, think more importantly, he disappeared after I Frankenstein. He did. I, he did. I still maintain it's because Thomas Jane absorbed the other quarter of his soul <laughs> from him. <laughs> Yes, and he lost his acting connections. I mean, we Thomas, only Thomas need Jane didn't do anything with them, but he just took right. them back. Well, I, we I only a, need so many podcasts. Like a competency vampire, <laughs> pretty much. Yes. <laughs> oh, Patrick Wilson was in Moonfall, and he almost saved. Oh God! He oh, almost God. made Moonfall. Oh watchable. God! No! 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 Oh, Moonfall so bad. Is there another movie. also Moonfall, or is he another the other? You know, no, he's in the uh, other one. That's a Geostorm, if I remember yes. correctly. Yeah, I think that's guy. what that one's called. What the fuck happened, Gerard? Well, well he, also, he he did Den of Thieves, in, and he can't work again after that. He he, he peaked. He was he did in his Greenland. Best work. Which have you guys seen Greenland before? No, no, I, I just the the marketing and the timing of when that came out. I just was like, eh, I'm good. But you've said a lot of good things about it, I, so I'm far I more enjoy interested. It. It's a competent fucking like occurring apocalypse movie, which is like my mm-hmm. secret favorite fucking genre of film. Like 2012, yeah. that movie's fucking dog shit. I eat it up. I eat it okay, up. It's I so see. good. It's so I good. see. Oh, okay, God, so. I love it. 
So you are to apocalyptic movies as I am to quiet um, eco horror. Um, what's the other word I'm looking for? Um, I'll figure it out later. But like the so 2012 is you're the bay. Yes, or well, not even the bay. Um, what was that last? Uh, fuck me. <laughs> um, uh, kill list type movies. Um, what's that called? Folk horror, folk horror, eco horror. There's been a lot of mashups of those two things. Like, uh, yeah, no, there's uh, definitely like, been a huge resurgence of that shit. Yeah, like it's it's like that for me, where it's like even the bad ones. I'm like, fucking give it yeah. to me. Oh yeah, like uh, <laughs> Melissa had never seen uh, uh, what Day After Tomorrow before, so I was like, all right, I've we're fucking. That either, but I I know so much about it now, where I'm like, I'm good. I don't think I need to. But you've never seen Day After Tomorrow. No, I've only That's seen like, I've only seen snippets of it. Um, honestly, when it was coming out, I was like, "I'm alright." Like, oh, it's, dude, it's 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 bad, but yeah, man, it's really it's, it's I still there's such horrible CGI it's, wolves. It's, it's yeah, the oh. C, I so I grew up watching that movie a lot, and like it's weird going back and seeing like this. I would call it middle period Gyllenhaal, where he wasn't doing Zodiacs yet. But the Donnie Darkos were behind him a little bit. So he's like, he's like trying to be kind of like a big movie star a, a, just a little, but he mm-hmm. hasn't really figured out what, what, he figured what out his spot is. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't figured out that he needs to be one of the doubles in that, um, in the movie with the spider at the end. Spoilers for that movie that I can't remember. The oh, title. Yeah. Enemy. Um, you didn't give enemy. any away because they're not going to know what's coming. <laughs> oh, yeah, enemies. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't know that he needs to be the star of Enemy um, or any of the other movies like that that he's been in where it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, um, uh, Nocturnal Animals. I don't know what that movie was about, but it was a fucking wild ride because of Gyllenhaal and Aaron Taylor Johnson. something else where, like, it's about a bunch of artists whose art comes to life and kills people? Oh, uh, oh Velvet, Velvet Buzzsaw. Buzzsaw. I haven't seen that, but I've heard it's interesting. Yeah, it's I haven't seen it um, I would say, growing up, my the movie like the big, the big, stupid, dumb apocalypse fest movie that I was obsessing over was Independence Day because I had it on VHS. Yeah. I used to watch it all the time, and I was yeah. mesmerized by those little like the lasers coming and just blowing up a fucking miniature. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. See, <laughs> I like I like that for the spectacle, but like for me, what makes like Greenland in 2012 and like movies like mm-hmm. that so good is because it's nothing that man can do. They right. just they've just gotta fucking figure it out. And I, I love watching the breakdown of society where I'm like, Yes, you're doing that right. No, you're an idiot. Don't ever go there. Mm. Like I think that's I think that's why I give World War Z a bit of a pass too. Sure. I can see it. Yeah, I, I mean World there was War the... Z is all that bad. It's no, it's I... not. It's really not. But I I I I, I thought it was fine. It was. It's. It's. Fine. It, is, it is the dishonor and dis- and and uh, unfortunate uh, reputation of being like the most sterile zombie movie I've ever seen in my entire it, yeah. life. I, I think that also Train to Busan came around a couple years later and ate its lunch in a number of ways. <laughs> Did a lot of and all the cool things from World War Z are in Train to Busan as well, so that doesn't help. Um, And I mean, to be perfectly honest, like I love the book World War Z, but the movie didn't really do a whole lot with it other than use some cool set pieces like the idea of Israel 
and being like closed off so well yeah that's great um and that was that was great that they used that idea but like it, there were so many different separate stories that you can't really patch them together that well not in a film not not yeah. a, not also, in like, a film Brad not in a way that makes is like sense. he's channeling aaron taylor johnson and godzilla where like yes. he just kind of blankly looks at things yeah. as they develop and then he just goes right and then moves along with the plot yeah, <laughs> and occasionally well, somebody says something really cool that's like deep book lore like what eric's referencing like like they have that moment where they're on the airplane and they're talking about North Korea and the fact that the North Koreans were all told to remove their teeth and they just did it. So that's why there's no zombies there. It's like, yeah. And and then how the the lights went out in North Korea and they think they went underground. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's cool. (laughs) Back to the uh, Aaron Eckhart or not Aaron Eckhart, Jesus, the uh, (laughs) Taylor Johnson in uh, Godzilla thing. Yeah. Basically Brad Pitt is like a golden retriever with, a miniature version of his family hanging out oh, of his reach in like, front of uh-huh. him. Yeah. yeah. That's that's all Eric Aaron Taylor was doing in Godzilla. It was just yeah. uh, it was just Scarlet Witch in front of him the whole time, just like must get to, must get to, must get to <laughs> must get to future sister <laughs> in another wife. film. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's big golden I, retriever energy. Yes, exactly. Um yeah, but I just don't like I don't remember most of World War Z. I remember moments. I remember, like, I remember Peter Capaldi because at the time I was a big Doctor Who person. So I was mm-hmm. like, I haven't he seen this guy in the World Health Organization. Who? Yes, yep. and that and that whole thing. Yes. Um. So it's like I remember moments again. Like I was saying, we've seen on an airplane. I remember if it's not that airplane, another airplane crashes at some point. Yep. And but like a lot of the details are just missing for me. Whereas like. I know quite a bit about the book, having never fully read the book. Like, just, I, but I know quite a bit about it uh, in detail. Um, Bunch of goddamn so, heathens in here. None of y'all well, read nothing I, anymore. Uh, and that's why I, I need I, to get off your goddamn screens. And that's why yes, I'm going to go sit in my truck with sunglasses. Okay. I, and I'm going to do a phone. TikTok. I'm going <laughs> to. Eric, you should do aggressive TikTok shouting at the phone like uh, QAnon people do. Oh god! Uh, but it's <laughs> but it's it, but it's all stuff that actually makes sense and is there for like. You should yes. do it when there's like lots of fireworks blasting around you, so nobody can hear you. Yes, exactly. yes. and the dogs barking the whole time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's making a completely unlistenable product. Now I gotta get inside because the brie I put in the oven is just about ready to be eaten. <laughs> I got a really good loaf of French. <laughs> I got a pizza stone and I'm using <laughs> my brother got me a Himalayan salt block to cook my steak. Um, uh, on Gerard Butler though, like I remember seeing him in that movie, the ugly truth with, uh, with, uh, Kate, what the fuck is her name from, uh, knocked up. God damn it. Oh, um, yeah, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Her. And I remember, I think at that point I was Hi, like, Bill. I think this Kendrick is the end. Like, yes. I was like, I don't think he comes back from this. Oh, yeah. Well, he he just became America's favorite bartender who happens to act. Right. Like after that, yeah. like he he was just like, well, I'm never going to be in 300 scale film again, so I'm going to put on some pounds here because fuck you. Right. Oh, yeah. he becomes he he's very uh, someone described it as um uh when. Harry Elways was first shown in Saw. Someone I remember someone where someone somewhere said like. Oh God! Was has he been seeing Alec Baldwin's nutritionist? What happened to him? Um, yeah, Gerard yeah. Butler definitely puffed up. <laughs> yeah, 
he's he's um, he's like the he's the closest thing we have to those like 60s or uh, 50s 60s character actors who were known for being drunks that we've talked about in the past or known for being like <laughs> like like known for like throwing things at people or like beating people up behind the scenes um he's he's as close as we have in the modern day to those kinds of people uh you know to an actor who would just like you know pick somebody up and be like now you fucking say your lines right because i've had this i have a fucking headache and i've been <laughs> i've been I'm, <laughs> I'm going to scream at you very scottish <laughs> um the last movie i saw with him that i thought was like a banger is also because it's a it's a guy ritchie movie and it's uh, got a cast that gold knock on your it's fucking rock and roll and that movie fucking rules connor I'm gonna keep saying it. You need to watch Den of Thieves. You really do. You really need to watch Den of Thieves. You keep forgetting it exists. <laughs> Den of Thieves is the best. Is one of the best action films I've ever seen. Um, I stand by it. Um, it stars the guy who was Halo, um, <laughs> who, was, who was Master Chief. John Halo. <laughs> if you told me that was he, that was his name like ten years ago, I would have believed you. Um, <laughs> No, I no way, no, not ten years ago, because as you all know, I have younger siblings, and my younger siblings couldn't not tell me everything about it's Halo. Not... Um, no. they were like they they told me all this lore, and I was like, I do not give a fuck about this whatsoever. It's like so now I know all about the Covenant. I know details about the Covenant, and I don't know why exactly I know those details about the Covenant, but I know the details. Oh, you're like um, Hunter in Five Nights at Freddy lore. <laughs> yes, exactly. me, me too. Unfortunately, um, mm. you know, like twi- tying all the way back to like Twisted Metal, like it's. I think we're going to see like the next five to ten years, tons of adaptations for kind of like Halo. Where they're like, yeah, fuck source material. Who gives a shit? Um, I do. I think. I think Halo was a weird oddity, of like people who just wanted to get something made, um, and they didn't give a shit about what they were making. Um, I don't think that. I think that we've learned that, that doesn't work anymore. Um, like, what is this wave of like creative teams and stuff being antagonistic towards the source material to the point where like they're like, now nah, we're a change everything. Like like we keep hearing about The Witcher. Like how yeah, the, the, I, the writing team like hates the books and hates the games. It, was it the producer or the showrunner who who was like, yeah, well, people are said, too stupid. No, he he he's talked about how like faithful they are to the the books, and then he called a character by the wrong name, and a scene that, oh, he that was directly from the books didn't actually happen the way they filmed it. Like Jesus Christ, dude! What yeah. are you doing? Here's the thing: if 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 the behind the scenes is a lot of that, I 100% understand Henry being like, "Fuck this, <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah. I've been through this before. I'm not doing it again." <laughs> yeah, and then nope. Amazon is just like, "Here you go, everything you've ever wanted." <laughs> like, like yeah. Warhammer and Henry Cavill is going to be something to behold. I think. Yeah. Because they're like, going yeah, to... I'm, I'm like, like, I don't want God of War to be adapted by people who are like, well, we don't like Kratos, so we're just going to, sh- you know, something like that. Um, where you have this weird derision towards the source material. If you don't like the material, then why are you doing this? 
because it's the job they got hired for, unfortunately. Like, a lot of times I feel like on shows like that, there's a whole lot of writers for hire that end up showing up. Like, there's one or two people that might be passionate, but then there's so many other voices that are cutting them out. Bizarre creative process. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, yeah, I'm here, but, you know, I mean, to, to ad- I'm, my job is to adapt this product, but, uh, you know, we're, not, we're just not going to do that. Well, maybe they'll adapt the uh, forgotten storyline about Kratos' brother. Oh, Demos. Whatever the fuck his name was, the one that... He's real! Well, did they ever actually do anything with that? Because I remember him, like, they had that weird alternate ending where it's like, oh, and his brother was sent to Hades or whatever, and that's the last I remember hearing about it. I think in one of the spinoff games, there's a whole plot around Demos and how, like, they were... They eventually have to fight for some reason. I think Kratos ends up killing him. Um, oh, okay. I think it's, it's... I think it's... I might be misremembering this, but I think it's one of the first times where Kratos has to, like, look in the mirror and see what kind of person he could become, because Demos is basically a monster when he finally comes in contact with him again, I think. Um, is this before he, or after the Eiffel t- Tower somebody? Is this is this around there? <laughs> or, um, uh, I'm so glad before that's the Eiffel left Tower. Left. Well, it's, it's before the census murder, but it's after the Eiffel Tower. Fucking two thousands God of War games. Well, and then, like, like when they were when I heard initially, they were like, "Well, yeah, we're gonna skip all the Greek stuff." I was like, "Not that." And then I, you know, I played twenty eighteen Ragnarok back to back. I was like, "It's a good idea. Let's not right. let's let's just skip all the Greek shit." Yeah. Yeah. Well, they weren't making a show because of the Greek stuff. They would have done that already. <laughs> they would have yeah. been. We would be on God of War season six already if they were really interested in doing the they Greek want, stuff. They, they want to do Sad Dad and God Boy. Um, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like at this point, I, I kind of trust Sony to know what they're doing. I think Uncharted maybe did good things ultimately um, in terms of like, oh... That's actually that's actually adapts the material correctly. I can't, I can't um, believe I can't believe there's an Uncharted movie. And it like, exists when when I've someone it. mentions it, it just generates no stimulus within me whatsoever. That movie it's fucking stars Tom Holland too. It's yeah. amazing. It was so bad that Tom Holland got a drinking problem because of it. He, <laughs> Poor kid. <laughs> He's like 19 or some shit. I know. Jesus <laughs> It's insanity. It's just like, and I, I think about that movie and it is just a fever dream of like, oh, there's there's an actor who played Nate in the games. He's just there sitting on a beach <laughs> getting paid to say things that make no sense. It's just like, ugh. Uh, and I, what happens in uh, that happens in, in uh, my, my me and our own favorite movie, Max Payne. Um, the voice actor for Max shows up to do basically nothing and then just like walk off set like immediately. They give him a single line and that's it. <sighs> and I think Sam Lake shows up to I think like in the background at some point too. But yeah, but also Mark Wahlberg. Oh, both movies starring Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Not even a, not really another common thread there, but like. I'm really hoping, I, I really, and I'm thinking based off what you said about Twisted Metal and, and how much you seem to like it, that I think Sony learned the right lessons from Last of Us. And I think that's, again, I said this in the previous show, I think that's why they're doing a lot of this stuff at Amazon, because they've had a lot of success with the boys. 
Um, yeah. So, like, makes sense to me that they're doing those things at those places. They maybe don't want to get too invested in the HBO side of things if they don't need to, because who knows? Uncle uh, yeah, Zaslav might is, turn around yeah. and do all kinds of crazy things. It's it's not very safe ground right now. And honestly, like, if they go to Amazon and say, like, hey, we want to budget, like, we want our stuff to look as good as Lord of the Rings. I right. could see Amazon being like, yeah, okay, we can we can maybe work on that. Like, yeah. So yeah, if they if they're coming at it like that, then yeah, they can absolutely destroy on Amazon, and right. then maybe Amazon could finally have a good version of their fucking app on the Apple TV because I hate it and I never use it. That app's bad. I think it would go especially with something like God of War, which doesn't have to be obviously Lord of the Rings, but if you throw enough money at it, like there's enough shit in there to really blow some people away visually. Yes. 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 And also, there's the thing of uh, Amazon and Apple. They both like being invited to the award shows. They both yep. really like it. They like going up there. They like being in a table right next to Steven Spielberg and Katzenberg and all those big Hollywood figures. They really like just being there and being part of that. Um, so if God of War is done really well, Bezos gets to go to the, like the Emmys and like you know talk about how his show got nominated, and it's like a big boost to his ego. Um, so if that ultimately he, results in the show being good, well, great. Good for trying everybody. to touch Tina Fey's butthole. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I was. <laughs> oh, um, Arlen. Speaking of Apple, um, you said you had been watching uh, what was it? Uh, Platonic. Yes. When I'm not when I'm basketballed out, um, I've been watching Platonic, um, and. That show's really good. Seth yeah, Rogen is. He's, I think he's really developing into like a singular voice in like one of those big like pantheon ways, and I'm, I can't be happier about it as somebody who was not always in on him and mm -hmm. the the squad that he rolls around with or rolled around with before half of them got canceled um, for various mm -hmm. reasons. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but Platonic is so good. The, the characters are so fully realized. I really believe the friendship that his character and the Rose Byrne character have. Um, yeah, Connor, are yeah. you are you aware of what the show is at all? Nope. But you're saying two names that uh, that make my ears perk up because aren't they in um? Yeah. What the fuck is it? Neighbors? They're in the neighbors. Yeah, they're yeah. the two neighbors movies. Yeah, and they're. They're good in those movies. Their relationship is very good in those movies, despite like ridiculous scenarios that those characters go through. But they like they ground those movies in a reality that makes them work and makes them funny. And it made Neighbors Two watchable. I, I would say Neighbors Two was not great. Um, there's a Neighbors but, Two. Yeah, there's a yeah. Neighbors Two, and it's the same movie, but like. Instead of a frat, it's a bunch of girls. Like that's that's what? How did I miss this? <laughs> you, you didn't miss anything. Don't worry about it. it. it yeah, <laughs> it, it, it really like came and went. People were like, "This this ain't it, dog." This, uh, eh. um, yeah. and they didn't pursue a neighbor's three with that. But I am but glad yeah. that he reunited with burn for this yeah, the, because the premise yeah. of platonic since you got lost in the weeds there about neighbors or whatever the fuck those movies are um mm -hmm. it's 
Roseburn and uh, Seth Rogen were best friends years and years ago. And then I forget they had a falling out. I think it was over whoever Seth Rogen ended up marrying. And uh, he recently got divorced and they start hanging out again. And it's all the ridiculous bullshit they get up to. It feels like old Seth Rogen buddy movies, but it's with Rose Byrne and they're both adults. So it's even more ridiculous. It's actually really, really good. But it never never gets too elevated, um, Mm -mm. which is the thing that I really appreciate about it. It's like, it all feels very grounded to a certain extent. And when the, when it gets, when it gets heavy, it it works. It really it hits pretty hard. There are some moments where I'm like, oh god damn, Seth Rogen is like doing some serious acting. You know, he's like really giving a a fully realized character. Um, and of course, Byrne is she's brilliant. So of course she's you know, doing just the same. But also, she has so many opportunities to be as funny, if not funnier, than Rogen in parts of the show. I think she's actually far funnier than him in most of the show he gets a lot of like the real serious stuff i thought Um, it was refreshing to have her with her actual accent because i don't think i've ever seen a movie where she's been speaking with her actual accent it's always that like forced american thing that they make her do or this like british accent Mm -hmm. um that she does in like uh x-men first class yeah or uh not the odyssey movie um the Iliad, um, Troy, never. Troy. Uh, Have you ever seen the Troy movie? He's in Troy. Okay. Yeah, I don't she's think in Troy. Troy. Yeah, I think yeah, I she's in it. Troy. She's like a minor character in Troy. So if you don't remember her and you have seen it, that's why she's like a she's like very small in the movie. I mean, important role, not she's a lot tiny? of screen time. I should say. <laughs> she's um, really small. <laughs> no, it's like it, pocket. I think she's like. She's like 20 minutes of screen time, but she's like, she's the person who like awakens his humanity in that movie. Um, Cause he plays Achilles in that movie. For those that don't know what Achilles is. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, we're not explaining <laughs> that here. Yeah. I'm trying to explain to you the, the, one of the oldest stories about a... <laughs> no like I'm not doing it. I'm not going to explain Greek history to you or Greek myth to you. I mean, that's for a um, different show altogether. <laughs> Yes, um, but uh, yeah, no, she, but I, I, that's the thing in general that I really like is like I hate forced bad accents, forced bad American accents, and I think she's just naturally funnier doing her Australian accent. There's the episode where she's like saying, "Well, that, that, it's an Australian thing," and then another Australian person walks in and, she, and she's like, "No, no, we don't. Australians don't say that." And she's like, yeah, yes, we do. It's that's absolutely a saying. Um, it's really good. Um, a lot of a lot of good stuff in Platonic. I highly recommend people watch. My Platonic. favorite worst forced accent will forever be tying right back to Dracula, Keanu Reeves, and Bram Stoker's Dracula. He's not. He's not even trying though. He's not. No. He's just. He's. He's there. He's present. And and the it's it's one singular line delivery. So it's like I know where the boss sleeps. Call facts. Like if you would have told me after I saw that movie that he was actually gonna become like a fan favorite and like a really respected actor because of who he is off screen as much on screen, like I would have mm-hmm. fucking I would have laughed until I vomited. 
Like that's yeah, it's shocking to me, and I want to know what the weird, what the turn was. Like, what happened that he all of well, a sudden just came into his own? I I'm in the Matrix because like he's he's a nerd in yeah. those movies, but he's still cool. <laughs> and, in, yeah. and in real life, I think I I don't want to speak out of turn because I don't remember if I've heard this or not. I think he might have had like alcohol stuff going on in the early nineties. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I think like sobriety stuff. I don't I don't remember. So don't don't quote me on that. Um, but uh, very similar stories to like 90s Johnny Depp. I, I So I might be mixing those two up. That's and that's um, what I wasn't sure of because I know they both like hung out with Winona Ryder all the time. One because Johnny was dating her and then Keanu and her were just friends. But yeah, like that's where I always get them mixed up on some of that stuff, too. I don't know, whatever, you know, but yeah, it's it. It, that movie, like, I kind of want to rewatch it now, just just to rewatch that scene where he's drinking the cross blood. Did this is a minute, so most of that, no, he's he's back again. I think. Uh, um, my a, a younger sibling tried to call me, and it uh it uh caused uh my headphones to connect to my phone. My voice opened up. Yeah. Um, Actually, something I wanted to uh, bring up because it's it's popped up a lot recently. I mean, mm. because of the podcast I've been listening to is uh is Stephen King, and I don't know how much you'll be interested in this, Connor. I don't know how much of a King fan you are, but uh, I was listening to a podcast that was covering the entire uh, the entirety of the Dark Tower series, and I just finished up the episodes that were covering the final book in the Dark Tower, and listening to the guys talk about it, like. Connor, are you familiar with the ending of the Dark Tower series? No. Okay. So the ending is Roland gets to the Dark Tower after everyone died in his content. And uh, what was that? I died, I said. Like me. Oh, like yeah. Um, yeah um, and he gets to the tower, which is the big thing. Um gets inside, goes up to the top level, and when he opens the door, it's the beginning of the first book. And you basically are told that he's been doing this loop over and over and over and over. over. But it's also like, when I first read the book, the ending to me was like, oh, this is bullshit. This is absolute and utter bullshit but after listening to these dudes talk about it on uh, i think it's called kingslingers um talk about it for like two and a half hours i've actually come around a lot on it and it's it's reinvigorated my interest in stephen king again because i just i don't know it's one of those things that i feel like i should start appreciating him more because i don't know how much time we have left with him on this earth yeah well, don't worry. He'll he is out a, as old minutes. as he is, B, you should just slam back cocaine and cough medicine. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Not at the same time, though, Connor. There were 20 years in between where he was completely sober. Um, he, but, he uh, got, yeah. He had a van and survived. Like, yeah. And developed an addiction to oxy, like Oxycontin and kicked that <laughs> and then bought the van that hit him and destroyed it with a sledgehammer. <laughs> Perfection. <laughs> Perfect, perfect. But he also wrote uh, Dreamcatcher somewhere in there, and we all know no, that how was, that turned out. <laughs> he, wrote that while, he wrote that while he was high on opioids. Yep, like, and he, it made, he said, yep. yeah, yeah, it made entirely made, all the sense. 
I mean, John Carpenter has looked like he's been a hundred for about the last thirty years. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I can't alcohol, believe he's though? still around too. Isn't that all um, alcohol? I never thought Carpenter was into like speed or anything like that. He always struck me as like a dude who just drank all the time. I I always assumed he was like straight edge until recently. I think that a lot of his age is very recent. Um, no, because he was always smoking when he was younger. He was smoking now. He yeah. was yes. Yeah, he was always a smoker. And, That's as, true. and That's... for as long as I can remember, he has always been balding, had star- yes. stark yeah. white hair, with his old man mustache. There's there's a turn where he where his hair turns white and he starts balding, and he's not the guy that you see in pictures from like Halloween on the set where he has like a full head of hair, uh, a dark dark black beard. Um, uh, he looks like he's a. Uh, a member of a 70s band, because I don't know 70s band. So fill in your 70s band. Him and um, George Romero. At some point, George Romero went from being a regular man to a tiny raisin of a man who just yes. <laughs> who was being swallowed by his beard and glasses. Mm-hmm. I Looking at younger pictures of, of Carpenter, I did forget about when he had a full head of hair, but like yeah. his face hasn't changed. Nope. It's just it's exactly the same face. He, he's looked like he's been 75 for 30 years. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. No, yeah. Yeah. You're right. The features are all, but yeah, I don't know. Like he's he's just a dude that I feel like is just he's going to continue to spit things out regardless of quality for a while, mm-hmm. including that video game that's going to be coming out with his name attached to it. Yeah, I think he'll. I, mean, I he, think he'll. He'll. I think he'll stick around for a long time. I think every time someone's like, "We're gonna make a Halloween movie," he's like, five more years of life." <laughs> <laughs> and then he can talk shit on YouTube about it. Yeah, man, but, he yeah. talks shit on YouTube and gets paid. Yeah. But yeah, back back to Stephen King. Deborah like, Hill, by the way, that's the name that I forgot much earlier in the show. If you don't remember, Deborah oh, Hill, the partner of, of yeah, yes, um, yes. But yeah, back to the Stephen King. Like it's it's still kind of insane to me that people are mining the depths of his stuff. Like I don't I don't understand how he's been this prolific and still alive. I, I mean, I, I think that, um, I think that he's built like a community around him. I think that's Mm -hmm. part of it. I think he, um, I think it's just very, it's very hard to die when you like lived a full life, I guess. And like, are doing well after the fact. I don't know. Like a lot fact, of people, like every once, in, like every once in a while, like we'll get like a wham bam double slam dunk like movie adaptation, and his yeah. name stays in the in the the collection yeah. for all that I longer so. because like, yeah. uh, like 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 in the same like five year span, we got like Doctor Sleep and It, like yeah. Well, and that's the thing too is that when those movies were coming out, he was still producing some amazing fucking books which is yeah. seems insane to me for like a 76 80 i don't know how fucking old he is at this point like nine thousand. Yeah. like for the age that he is he's still producing books that are really fucking good like mm. i just which I, I think will lead to the fact that like after he's gone i think there'll be just decades of of people like you know movie studios whatever tv mining his work for stuff because i think yeah. the fact that he is like his his work is going to outlive him by a long time well you got to think of it like this they're gonna redo the stuff that has not worked again mm-hmm. that'll happen that'll keep happening like oh, we'll cool. get they another fire like 
like another four right. times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get a couple of those. But also like they'll start adapting his later his much later works. Um an entire generation will probably grow up thinking that he is just like a guy who wrote true crime novels that got adapted. Yeah. Um or, or like or you know or you know like pulp novels and stuff. Um like he'll go through like cycles of appreciation. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, is I think that yeah. I think that's going to happen. A lot of it's going to happen. And then people will rediscover stuff that's lost. Like, I think aside from me and Eric, people don't remember that The Outsider exists, which is yes. still, like, top, top tier. tier. Like, Have you it's watched so that good. No. Oh, God. It's, so oh, it's Ben Mendelsohn fucking chewing up scenery and the, oh. woman who plays, and the woman who plays Holly Gibney. I can't remember her name. Like, that actress um, is so goddamn good in that show. Yeah. Cynthia Rebo. And it's it's like it's it's very much like a it's a very straight detective show, but then at the edges there's something weird and spooky going on, this like creature that's behind it all. Um and it's like it ties into the larger king lore and you can fit it into the phylum uh of the things that you've read in other mm-hmm. king books or seen in other movies. Um but it the heart of it it's like this very like straight edge like no but i saw him on the tape so he must have done it and it's like you know people like it's like real drama yeah it's just yeah and an impossible murder happens essentially is that a person was in two places at one time and then it leads into even crazier stuff but it's that's like what you said arlen with it with it tying into the larger king mythos like that's the thing that i don't think a lot of people fully realize is just how connected his works are yes and it's done in subtle ways at various points i mean you know outside mm-hmm. of all the stuff connected to the dark tower but like like connor i think with the exception of like three or four maybe 10 books or so like every one of his books is connected to his other books in one way or another yeah, I and it's, that, well i didn't really know that like until later like i think probably like mid to late 20s i didn't really realize that um and i think my earliest experience of that was somebody mentioning that which story is it that is it shining mm-hmm. or is it which one is it where someone offhandedly mentions they saw a clown in a fucking sewer um oh, i think it was tommy knockers time. but yeah, no that but was t- that was specifically that was tommy knockers yeah. i believe that, yeah. Okay, yeah but like um like uh um the cop um uh, who's in who's all over it uh in castle rock the cop who's in like five of them um what's his what name? are you talking about um there's a specific cop who's in a bunch of them he, he was ed harris in needful things he's um he's also in dark half uh um, god i i do not remember that i have not read either of those in many many years I he's seen in that movie and i couldn't tell you a fucking thing what's about his it. name He's like he's he, he's been he's been played by like the most actors I think of any Stephen King character. Um god, what's that guy's name? Um but yeah, like um there are all these things where it's like because they never made an effort to connect all of it, you you wouldn't. But like if Ed Harris had played Alan Pangborn in Needful Things and The Dark Half, and I think he's in Cujo um, Eric, is that completely wrong? Would that be impossible? Because I, I, I once again, I'm not sure. Like that's I, 
like you're talking about movie connections like with the books they are like direct connections yeah. where they'll well like Pangborn will like mention the other stories that he's been in like they'll like mention like oh remember back when this happened um but like that doesn't happen in needful things in needful things he doesn't bring up the fact that there was an author who's like uh twin came to life and like took over his identity um like they never they never do that like the closest that they got was the castle rock show where they make some pretty explicit uh references to the fact that pangborn has been around for a while um but yeah like they never do well, that, that they, doesn't matter anymore because that has nothing to do with the Stephen king universe since they canceled the fuck out of that show yeah they did they really did yeah. um yeah and his appearances Dark half sun dog things. He's mentioned in Gerald's game and bag of bones. God, and then these are all Castle. like these are all so far on the periphery, like the ones that I've read like once or twice at most. Like that's and I'm I'm not really shocked that of course these are the ones that you would fo- you would hammer down on because that always no, it's just this it's this character that I've that I it's like when the characters show up many times like there's a character in um uh, stand by me who is also I haven't seen it but he's in the second season of Castle Rock it's that that's the stuff that I zoom in on extra hard not necessarily yeah, that's weird. Themselves. <laughs> yeah that was see that was part of my problem with Castle Rock though it felt like a whole lot of hey remember this character from this thing Hey, I agree. Space Jam. It, yeah, no, I absolutely, I do of, absolutely agree, yeah. and I and don't it, think that they did anything interesting with that. They never yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. So that's so that's why like that's why when you mentioning this character and like having relations to like that show, I'm just like, bleh, bleh. like it's I like I watched more of the second season than I did the first, and I didn't even make it through the second season. Yeah, I just I couldn't I could not get into that show. Like they they fumbled it so hard. I was in until the finale. The finale is where I was like, yeah, fuck this. I don't I want nothing to do with this. Like I thought that what they were doing with Sissy Spacek and her character in that one episode was really cool. Um because there's this entire episode that's in, that's from her perspective, Connor. Um, and she has they tell you throughout the show that she has dementia, but it might be something more. She might be like in some sort of time loop or something that's causing her to like experience time out of order. Um, and it's, it's a really well done episode, but then the finale is like, Oh fuck, fuck all the development that you've had in the first season of the show. Um, we're not going to pick up on any of the plot lines. We're going to lock the character that we've been following the whole time in like a fucking box and throw the key away. Um, and by we're going off to do a different thing Mm. yeah it's just like i didn't care after that but i remember um the actor who played pangborn and his performance that's the that's the main thing is i remember him playing that character so his name stands out to me so later on when i'm watching needful things not realizing that it's set in castle rock and that that's the same character when they say his name i'm like oh okay that guy um and i'm like well, it's it's very strange that they don't bring up the fact that he's also in dark half um like uh, and also that's the other thing dark half and needful things i think they came out like a year apart and it's a it's just it's very strange to me that they were like well let's just 
cast a completely different person in this. Um, and I think they were the same studio too. Anyway, we don't have to keep on talking. Yeah, about I, this. Think, I think I think you're part. you're dissecting that far too much. Like that. No, was it, a... but anyways, anyways, um, no, it's like it's uh it, the the lore connections are they're they are present but if they don't matter to you you can ignore them that is the thing that i really like about you know i was gonna say about his work outliving him i was gonna say like he's gonna have a much better time after he's gone than someone like hp lovecraft whose work as i would say is i would say just as influential and just as important um and also kind of connected but like yeah, we'll remember Stephen King as this badass, unkillable writing machine, and we won't remember him as a, a vicious, horrible, scared racist. No, and that's the thing. Like yeah. Stephen King has addressed like stuff that he didn't handle well in in prior stories that were written in different time mm-hmm. periods, where he's like, "Yeah, you know, sorry, that's on me, guys. Like, you yeah. know, I try and learn, blah blah blah." But that's with with you saying like, you know, his work is going to outlive him, or it's well, it'll definitely outlive him, but it. I I would put him somewhere in like the same level as like a Mark Twain for American storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not really that much of a fucking hot take, but I, I also came up during a time when people were like, oh, Stephen King, like considering him trash because they wouldn't read it because it was horror and like how yeah. he's managed to basically stomp on all those people's graves makes me so happy. His name is like also, a monolith, like... It's, yeah. not, it's not just you, Eric. He thought that of himself. That's the important thing. Is like when when he saw Stand by Me, and I believe when he saw Shawshank for the first time, he was stunned by what had happened, by how good mm-hmm. the movies were. He was. Mm-hmm. It was like a realization. Uh, <laughs> of... Huh. Huh? Arlen? You the, void, the Void wants him to the take void him. Has, the Void has devoured him. Whatever that <laughs> the, void will, the Void will take your resistance no longer. <laughs> it's, actually just, uh, it's actually just Thomas Jane coming for more, uh, for more talent. <laughs> I'm here to take your competency. He hungers. He's like Sinistar. <laughs> oh man, is that it? Is he gone? Give him a minute. <clears throat> Because aren't there there's connections from uh, Call of Cthulhu to uh, other stories? They're very tepid, is what I remember. But there there are yeah, well, like there's a there's a uh, there's a Salem's Lot story that uh, was in one of the short story collections. That is, it's about whatever the giant worm is. That's not like that's not a Yog Sagoth, is it? I can't remember. But uh, but yeah, there's there's one hundred percent like a Lovecraft story that King has done because exactly. all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah all that stuff is is free domain so he can you know anybody can touch it if they want to but it, yeah. it's the first time he's like he fully embraced it but yeah it's i don't know like stephen king like it's it hello hello welcome back the aaron eckhart did not or not aaron eckhart god damn it thomas jane did not <laughs> take away all of your talent no nope. yeah it's nope. it, it's just i don't know you should you should Pick up a Stephen King short story collection sometime, Connor, because honestly, like, yeah. I feel like his short have stories. One. What was, it? I think it's, was it Graveyard Shift? Oh, that's a great one. That's the one with the hand mm. on the front with all the eyeballs. Uh, maybe. It was an old book. My mom had it. Mm-hmm. Um, it had like a, like a cover, like a purple silhouette or something on it. Uh, it was definitely Graveyard Shift. Nice. Um, 
Yeah. She gave me. Yeah. I was too young for these. Though. She gave me Salem's Lot. She gave me Graveyard Shift, um, and Lord of the Rings and the Two Towers. Not hmm. Fellowship. Just the Two Towers. Sure. Why not? <laughs> sure. And this is a very cookie monster glass. My first experience with Tolkien was trying to read the Two Towers, <laughs> devoid of any context, and I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Oh my god. Yeah. I... Tolkien, my dad just handed me the Hobbit and was just like, "Read this," and just kind of walked away. away. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know about anybody else, but I am spinning my wheels because I've been yeah. up since four. Yeah, probably a good call. I've been up since six, so let's uh, let's call it for the evening, please. I have nothing to plug. Still. Yeah, I got I got nothing really other than everybody should go read a Stephen King short story. Uh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I I need to oh, do that myself. The void take him. The void take him as we were closing. I think it did. Am I back? You're back. Hello. Okay, <laughs> motherfucker. Well, you can listen to more of me disappearing suddenly uh, on my other <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, sorry, podcast. Um, possibly soon to be renamed something very soon. So uh, yeah, go go listen to that over there. Um, all right, that's all I had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Bye.